0: There will be a wing with my name on it in all the museums of the world! Dude, you're teaching art at the rec center. Calm down. Uncultured trash urchin. 9 a.m. Time to let the class in. Ahoy, mateys, and welcome to another episode of I'm Ready, a SpongePod Squarecast. My name is Captain Eric, and we are continuing our sail through the second season of SpongeBob SquarePants. Today's episode is Artist Unknown, the second half of the 38th episode of SpongeBob SquarePants. It first premiered on September 21st, 2001, and was written by Walt Dorn, Paul Tibbet, and Mark O'Hare. I can't tell you what I exactly felt the first time I watched this episode, but what I can tell you is that over time, because of some of its contents, it has... Um, stayed with me in a certain way that is deeper on an emotional level. Uh, If that doesn't make sense, then let me explain it this way. My favorite classes growing up all throughout elementary school, middle school, high school, college were any classes that had to do with the arts, uh, whether or not it was an art class where you were actually physically making something or it was an art class where you were learning about a subject matter or a person or a film class, uh, something that would, you know, be encompassed in the arts. All of those classes I, I loved. Um, and I have varying degrees of both positive and negative experiences throughout uh, my time in art classes and uh and so those feelings all kind of come up when i watch this episode it's it's really uh it's not weird at all i don't think i i i fig- figure anytime something reminds you of something it's only natural that those different forms of endorphins just go through your body whether or not it's, it's good or bad uh i don't know what the bad endorphins are called but you you understand what i'm saying but even looking at this episode from a Spongebob sense, uh, it, it, it's an episode that is a almost a knockout of the park. It's it, it feels like a slam dunk idea, Squidward teaching a local art class. It's it's such boom. Hey, anything that kind of comes after that is gold because the idea itself is inherently just, just incredibly funny. And, and it makes sense for the character being such a lover of art. Uh, It it would make sense that Bikini Bottom, as big as it is, would have a rec center, would have an art class seemingly taught in that that rec center, or at least have having art accessible to the public. Um, And it would make sense that that kind of would be a place that Squidward would end up. Um, It's something that I, I like when you first see this episode, Squidward being in that setting, even though. From this point, we've only ever really seen him work at the Krusty Krab. It's not weird. I don't know if maybe there's people out there who, when they saw Squidward teaching an art class at the Rec Center, they saw that as like a weird thing. Like, whoa, this is a left field, uh, like career decision for Squidward over here. Even though it's probably voluntary. Uh, I'm I'm like I I was expecting that he was doing this in his off time from day one. The second I knew that he was as into art as he was, I figured. Man, if there's a rec center in Bikini Bottom, if there's a YMCA, Squidward's down at the Y teaching an art class, uh, and here he is teaching an art class, uh, and and in the most you know Squidward way possible, he is just a massive overthinker in what's at hand here. Um, when we when we first look in on him in this situation, he is overestimating his power. In the world of art. Um, The fact that he's so full of himself. He believes that because he's teaching an art class. Possibly for free. At the local rec center in Bikini Bottom. That he's going to be able to teach. An artist that is going to get so renowned. That it's then going to bounce back onto him. That then he will become. A renowned artist. Himself and then you know being known the world over as a as a world renowned art instructor or what say you uh that's hey, look it's great to have ambitions it's great to have dreams every artist in the world wants to be known uh, but you know wh- where does that knownness land how how much is enough for you you know does does everybody in the world need to know about your art or does it you know does hey uh, hey look if if 10 people really love your art and they're not connected to you in any way shape or form uh friends or family otherwise and they dig what you're making hey that's pretty cool if if one other person and that's the thing here's um here's a little bit of a personal backstory of my of my experience in art my very first art teacher mr fury uh the the one thing he said that stuck with me forever was that and and th- you got to remember this is and I'm just I'm I'm spacing out thinking about him because uh you know this is my first art teacher he he has unfortunately has uh has gone past this world, um and and luckily I lived right around the corner from him even though uh the school he taught art at I was only at for about three and a half years until I was moved to a to another school in town but because he was right around the corner from me, uh and then I walked past his house actually to go to the other school, um. I would still see my art teacher and he was just this lovely older man who just taught art and was always interesting and like loved what I was making and was always supportive. But the coolest thing he said was that if you make something and it makes another person in the world happy, that's awesome. And just think about that for a moment. Like think about if you're an artist out there, or even if you don't think you're that good at art, If you if you make something and you throw it out there on Twitter or Instagram, you're you're always looking for that gratification. But legitimately, if if one person out there really loves your art, that's gotta be that's all that really has to matter in that moment. Like, hey, you made something and someone out there in the world made you know, maybe it made their day or it made them smile, made them, you know, think about something, whatever that art does for that person. I mean, how many people need to thumb up your art or like your art or want to buy your art before you're satisfied with your art yourself which ultimately is the ultimate goal you have to be happy with what you're making yourself um if you're not happy then really what who cares what else anyone else thinks but if you're happy yourself with what you're making then hey rock on um now Squidward is very full of of himself and his skills but I think in a way it is very healthy for him as an artist. He he thinks of himself very highly. And I got to be honest with you, there are some of his pieces that he's made in the past that I've seen that I genuinely think is pretty impressive that I, I think he is a bit underrated. Um, of course, some other pieces that he's incredibly proud of, I, I don't think uh, is good. But that's kind of the beauty of art is, you know, like, Somebody out there is going to enjoy it. Uh, you know, who who that person is, I don't know. But if you don't like a sculpture or a painting or a piece of digital art or, or what have you, if you don't like it, that's fine. Move on. Continue on to the next piece. But somebody will look at that piece, smile, give it a thumbs up or whatever, whatever internal thoughts that they, you know, where they give it praise. Anyway, we do get this this nice gag where there's a, there's a lot of people at the door uh, that Squidward thinks is attending his art class, which in fact they are not. They're actually there for cooking class at the rec center, and the only person there for art class is SpongeBob. Of course, it, it ha- now, if I was writing this episode, I, I probably would go overzealous in, in having both SpongeBob and Patrick both attend this art class, but I... I'm extremely happy that it is just SpongeBob. You you get this nice one-on-one interaction between these two in the best way possible. It's it's in a different world. It's completely in Squidward's comfort zone of an art room, but SpongeBob's chaos being brought in completely disrupts everything even in the most like mundane ways possible. Um this is this is the crux of the problem here where Squidward is so overconfident in his skills and is in full belief that it is because of him that anybody who walks through those doors is going to be gifted, you know, this this art form, and they will be able to take that and, and grow on. Now, I, to, to credit, most of the art teachers I have run into in my life did not have that kind of attitude, Um, They were all wonderful artists in their own right, and they, you know, certainly were the best artists in the room because they were the teachers. Uh, But none of them really spoke of themselves in that kind of way, and I'm very thankful for that. Um, Now, I I say most because I do think at least one or two were a a bit more kind of in in a, a snobby kind of artsy way that... I only really understood as I grew older and would kind of listen to how critics would speak. And I go, oh, they they talk kind of a lot like my, oh, that one T. OK, wow. They were a bit more critical on children than they needed to be. All right. I, that was not helpful at all. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really thankful for that. But I bring this up because I feel like when I entered the high school realm of art, I found that a lot of upperclassmen carried that kind of attitude um that when you were a a saw you know a junior or a senior in high school and you were like a part of the artist collective the artist group i don't know there were some that carried that kind of feeling with them that you know especially when squidward one of the first things he does when spongebob comes in is he sits him down and goes i have no talent. Repeat after me. I have no talent. Mr. Squidward has all the talent that I, I kind of have basically heard upperclassmen say that to, to kind of underclassmen. I've never had anyone say that to me. I was kind of left alone. But um, yeah, it, it's crazy how, like I said, as the older I get and I watch this episode, there's just different feelings like that. Um, but yeah, kudos. And, uh, teaching art is a, is definitely a hard thing to do because these poor teachers have such a limited amount of time and there's so much to go over and there's not always that opportunity to kind of take the time going to each and every student and finding their their positives and building off of those their their strengths the things that could potentially define them as an artist because there's such little time and you have to kind of glaze over the basics. And, you know, by the time you you're kind of getting a hand on one medium or to one style of painting or drawing, you're moving on to the next. Um, it's unfortunate. And it's also unfortunate for the people who who can have a real knack at one specific piece of art that for most of their young life, they, they don't have the correct outlet to properly build upon those skills. If you're somebody who is going to be incredibly good at still life now I think it is important to understand more art forms uh, than just one you're going to excel at I do think there is merit to that but I just feel you know think about this when it comes to something like um, sculpting or uh, very specific art classes like that you're really not offered those until really high school and then yeah I maybe that's a correct time but imagine some of those students if if that kind of art class was offered at a younger level than by the time they were at the high school level where would they be as artists at that point if if they had access to that kind of stuff which uh, honestly is where rec centers uh the y, YMCA like places like that um places that are not necessarily schools but have extracurricular activities and classes like that, those are vitally important in my opinion, like doing something like that. And a lot of parents will agree doing like a sport, doing something outside of school that does have some sort of structure, karate, um, uh, other like Boy Scouts, like things like that, like all of that is all combined. And, and the arts is definitely a part of that. So you, but it's unfortunate that you have to kind of go outside of that realm that it, in at least in a public school sense it's not as as accessible but anyway squidward wants and desires this life and this admiration that if he was able to just drop his ego for one second he actually would get it and i'm serious here because throughout this entire episode we are just shown time and time again almost at every turn that Everything Squidward teaches Spongebob, Squidward doesn't do as well as you would think, and Spongebob excels at with minimal effort. And in some cases, overachieving levels of effort. For example, Squidward pretty much starts out with the very basic drawing a circle. Draws a circle on the chalkboard, and it is certainly not any circle I've ever seen. He draws more like a blob or a raisin. Um... SpongeBob, on the other hand, has a perfectly drawn circle on his piece of paper that you think, okay, he's just a he's got a good knack at drawing circles. Uh, No, the process to in which SpongeBob got to that circle was, in fact, starting with a fully detailed face drawing, then erasing the details a bit on the face to reveal what you know you would build off of a circle to start building a face those like starting lines the the mid the mid cross section the uh, the line the vertical the horizontal where the face is going to be you get to that and then you just erase more of those lines to get back down to the circle literally starts with a with a masterpiece and then erases it back down to its most basic level just to get a perfect circle Squidward can't accept the fact that Spongebob is just naturally this good. And we've seen this kind of interaction before. Uh, Think about this is really kind of the same interaction we saw with the paper. Um, Spongebob just over excelling at everything with minimal effort and Squidward being unable to appreciate it until the very last moment. It is a tried and true Spongebob formula and it works really in any regard. It's something that'll work 25, 30 years from now if they're still making Spongebob. If you stick to that very simple formula, you slow the story down and you just just tell it like it is, that will work every time. It's why Tom and Jerry still works in 2021. It's a simple formula. Through this interaction, though, we, we get another moment here where we're due to Squidward's anger at SpongeBob's um, just minimal effort, I imagine, or just uh, he's just angry all the time. Uh, he crumples up SpongeBob's paper, which then SpongeBob creates <laughs> origami of uh, They're playing Leapfrog. Of SpongeBob jumping over Squidward and and it moves and whatnot. Once again, instead of just appreciating the art that's in front of them, which th- this is true art, being able to make something out of nothing, the kind of like one of the big ideas of art. And uh, Squidward rips up that paper. SpongeBob then yet again takes up crumpled pieces of paper and recreates another masterpiece which is another picture of of them playing leapfrog again this time squidward hopping over spongebob i i have actually seen this kind of behavior from art teachers where the students might go outside of the parameters of the project but come out the other end with a better piece of art but then like, scolded for going against the rules, and I I don't know, doesn't that just inherently feel wrong, just as the idea of art, the idea of art is creation, Uh, what rules, I I guess sure, in the terms of like a project of of a grade, but at the end of the day, if somebody goes against the, the rules of a project, but they create a better piece of art, I mean, how do you grade, I don't know that's hey, I, i'm not an art teacher never want to be one that's a tough job i don't know what you would do with that and uh maybe some art teachers can let me know like what well, what would you do you know it, i guess it depends on how much they go outside the line if if the project is about uh you know hey we're we're taking uh sketching paper and here's you know some different uh levels hardness of pencils and we're we're drawing that um i got a daisy i got a pl- Flowers in a pot in the middle of the room, you know, do a still life. And one of the kids just goes out and, and does like an abstract drawing of the flowers in the pot. Like it, it comes out like a super beautiful drawing, but it, it's not a still life. Do you still I, do you give them an, a D or a C and then praise the painting on its own or the drawing? or I I don't know. Art teachers sound off. Let me know what you would do in that situation. I, I, I do think it does. It does really depend how much they they just go off the rails out of the project but uh you know hey that's that's a part of being in art class though it's nice to to have those parameters because sometimes when you're forced to do something you end up taking a skill or uh, something you learn along the way and applying it to later projects so sometimes it's fun to give yourself those challenges and not always be super free it's 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 kind of the same argument you can have about Lego you know like it's it's super fun to to you know, create whatever you want and build whatever you want, creativity, but it's also kind of fun to follow the directions and, you know, just build those kind of big structures or build Lego sets and it's calming for people. So both arguments are kind of right. And I think even like when it comes to art, both arguments there would be kind of right too. So uh art is like one of those things. It's just a weird subject where you're kind of like, everything is subjective, but then there's just like these Objective things most agree with and then uh, some people go against the uh, Hey, we're getting too deep in here. Let's get let's bring it back to the rec center. Reset ourselves. Squidward, I got to say, not that good of an art teacher. I, I'm fully supportive of him in the role. I want him to succeed. But the fact that in day one, he moves from drawing a circle to Already getting into like chiseling marble is pretty sus. Uh, I, why? Like, marble, sir, are you buying this yourself or are you just wasting the town's money? Because as far as Squidward's block is concerned, um, one chisel from Squidward and the entire block just disintegrates into dust. Uh, yet on SpongeBob's end, with one tap, he is able to create a, uh, a, a sculpture that is based off of David the the famous sculpture by Michelangelo the uh, the artist not ninja turtle uh, another another famous artist who was also uh, a ninja turtle Leonardo da Vinci uh, one of his paintings the vitruvian man um, is seen in the background a parody of that one of Squidward's like little knockoffs where he's going to put himself kind of in a in a painting uh, There's another uh, kind of knockoff of American Gothic in the background here that that famous painting with the With the farmer and his wife sitting, you know, standing in front of the farm with the pitchfork and they're like Unhappy faces and whatnot. That's that you'll find that in the background, too uh, Those are nice little nods obviously to the world of art here and um, back to the, the David sculpture here. SpongeBob is able to create a, a masterpiece with one touch of the chisel. So much so that the first thing that Squidward recognizes when he sees this is that it's a masterpiece. Fully recognizes it's a masterpiece. And if at this moment he was able to just get out of the way of his own ego and stop right there. And just say, Spongebob, you did it. This looks great. Spongebob's praise of Squidward is already of the highest regard. He's the greatest artist to have ever lived. If Squidward would have just given Spongebob the praise he deserved right there, Spongebob would have echoed the praise of Squidward everywhere he went. Because as soon as we know it, art curator, seller, critic... Buyer Monty P Moneybags is in front of this sculpture and and pronounced it as as one of the most beautiful pieces of art he has ever seen and that the artist is a genius. If if Squidward would have just stopped and just right there let it go. Not only probably would SpongeBob would have shared the money he would have made from that that piece of art with Squidward, but he would have done what Squidward Wanted all along that is the real irony of this episode it, it's it's very sad that here we are and, and here's the crazy thing is that there's actually a second moment where Squidward can still achieve his dreams but just truly chooses not to but we'll we'll get there we actually skipped a, a little bit because of his inability of accepting Spongebob as a as a good artist um just okay, accepting that Spongebob just has this innate magical power to be really good at things he has no business being good at um, he, he really puts Spongebob down he, he yells at Spongebob he's upset at him for for not following the directions not following the rules and apparently not making a good enough nose on the statue because Squidward has to add a, a Squidward-like nose to literally everything he draws he is infatuated with his nose Um, SpongeBob does not take this information lightly. He is very upset with himself that he could be this bad at art or or not understand enough of Squidward's teachings that he keeps breaking the rules. Uh, So much so that as he's crawling away in sadness, he doesn't even feel like he deserves to touch the doors of Squidward's art school, uh, which is when we get monty p money bags bursting through the door sending spongebob out of the window into the dumpster and then on his way all the way to the bikini bottom dump so we do get this interaction of monty showing up ready to purchase some fine art squidward going well i'm an artist i'm going to show you some of the best art in the world he shows off a few paintings one of which is the debut of one of squidward's most famous paintings bold and brash a painting that i have not only hanging in my living room I have it hanging in my bathroom and I also have a blanket kudos to Hot Topic for uh <laughs> there's just something about it I I love that it's just this beloved Squidward painting it's his Mona Lisa it's his it's his masterpiece in in my opinion at least um there, there's something about it that just rings so true but yeah we get the debut bold and brash uh now Monty P. Moneybags doesn't see the uh, the money in Bold and Brash, he might not know that it's an incredibly popular painting here up on land. Uh, But I think the janitor here knows about the uh, the worth of this painting, because as soon as it's pretty much called trash, he takes it away and just gets out of there. Uh, the janitor of which I got to give kudos to. I forgot to mention As Squidward was having this this massive moment that he's going to be, like, basically the world's most well-renowned artist ever of all time. The janitor kind of comes in out of frame and is just like, dude, you, you're you teaching art at the rec center. <laughs> like, he really brings him back down to earth. But I think that I'm just going to say that I think that janitor knew that, that Bold and Brash was was uh was going to be a popular painting and and took it away. Uh but yeah, Monty wants nothing to do with anything that Squidward has created. But when he gets a look at SpongeBob's sculpture and then of course takes off Squidward's added-on nose, he gushes over this sculpture as being the greatest of all time. This is just the greatest piece of art. It's a masterpiece. Whoever made this is a genius. Squidward at this moment could just say that he taught the genius that created this this statue and then gone and got SpongeBob, apologized to him. Hey, SpongeBob, you know, and uh, I stared at your statue for a little bit longer and I decided it, it absolutely is a masterpiece. And, and so much, in fact, that I called an art critic to come over. He's going to buy it. And, and, you know, I, I'm glad I taught you like he could just go kind of BS Spongebob in this situation and it works out in his favor but he doesn't he decides to lie and say that he was the creator of this statue of course that uh bites him in the butt fairly soon after because in trying to get the statue outside of the rec center the statue's head breaks off uh now Monty doesn't seem too bothered by this because well uh, hey he's talking to the artist who created that statue he could just make another one and you know what in fact since you're making another one you might as well make it you know even bigger and better than than your last one uh, I'll, I'll I'm going to come back tomorrow with some money the the crazy thing that Monty thinks that a statue like that like now SpongeBob doing it he did it in a second sure having another one done by tomorrow probably not that big of a deal uh, but Monty doesn't know that SpongeBob is able to do that in one stroke of a chisel. He's, what is he not, does he just assume that that happens, I guess? That everybody just can get things done in a day? I thought that was pretty crazy of him, but, you know, it just pushes the story along. Uh, at this point, Squidward then has to get SpongeBob to make a new one. And, and once again, here is now a third moment where he could have, he could have still found success. All he still had to do here was... Hey, SpongeBob, um, I loved your statue, but it unfortunately broke. Like, let's go back and make it like he could have just retroactively apologized for how he treated SpongeBob and just admitted that the way he was making art was a fun way, was a successful way to make art. But instead, he has to say, hey, we're going to start back at Ground Zero. I'm going to teach you how to be a genius. And because SpongeBob had lost all of that energy he had to make art before, even if he has this renewed energy, we, of course, are going to go through a montage of Squidward trying to egg SpongeBob on to to get to the statue. And, of course, this time around, SpongeBob is as terrible with art as. As Squidward kind of was in the beginning, except SpongeBob is still pretty impressive here because through this, uh, instead of getting rippy bits, Squidward actually tries to get him to do rippy bits, which I, I love. I, I recommend everybody try to do a, a rippy bit painting after you hear this episode. Uh, he rips up basically an entire book's worth of paper and SpongeBob is able to meticulously put back the, the book in its pieces now the joke I guess is that like it's not a painting it's not art therefore uh, you know haha. Spongebob still didn't do anything like that's impressive that you can still see it's in pieces like Squidward that's a like display that That, that, I mean I I would if I was able to do that rip up a book and then put it back together in its pieces I would want to display that at least just show that I was able to do it uh, anyway, of course, we, we we get the the end result of out of Squidward's frustration of losing out on all this money, all this admiration, he's just going to destroy all of the marble columns they have, and 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 just make this giant pile of marble rubble. And here in comes Monty P Moneybags to collect what he assumes is going to be a finished statue. When he opens up the door, one of his first responses here is, is, who is responsible for this? Uh, and Squidward hands off all responsibility to the janitor who is standing at the door uh, with his garbage can. Uh, now, without looking, Squidward was able to create exactly what he needed, a bigger and better statue to replace the one that broke. But now he's given all of that responsibility over to the janitor, who now only not owns Bold and Brash, but then this even more expensive statue, I imagine. Uh, what a ride of an episode. SpongeBob in this ends up kind of hopping back out of the uh, rec center and, and heading back to the dump in his Kelpo box. More power to him. Like, he's he's a gem. No complaints here. I, I wish his, his art prowess wasn't kind of ripped out of him. Um, but you know to say the least like that that can happen I, I like i what what can you say like i i i had it happen before uh, i was really into drawing cartoons and animation and my one problem i admit going through art was that i really had to be interested in the subject of whatever i was asked to paint or draw and if i wasn't into it it wasn't my best work um if i got into a groove of, of something and and i felt confident i would you know, I would feel like it would do well, but uh I, I just kind of always like veered off to animation. And uh one of the last art teachers I ran into that that was supposed to be there to kind of help guide me off towards ultimately art school, that's the person that really should take your strengths and dial them up to 11 and really and really find the, the strongest way to present your portfolio, especially for. Uh, how you are as an artist that person wasn't a cartoon fan wasn't an animation fan so it, the easiest way I can explain it was it's like arriving to a, a going to a music class and the music teacher even though they're like yeah I, I'm into all genres of music but I really like jazz and out of the 10 kids in the class like seven of those kids really like jazz three of the other kids, there's somebody in a rock and roll, someone in a hip hop, someone in a country, and, and you know, they like other music genres, but it's you'd think as the teacher, you'd go like you'd go over to each of those kids and you'd you find a way like, hey, let's let's amp you up a little bit. Let's go. Let's go. No, I'm just here for jazz. I it's not really that helpful. Um, and especially on the step before art school, that's kinda where I decided to just not pursue art really as like a, as a end all be all of my career. I I certainly have stayed and remained an artist and I, I try to draw as much as I can and whatnot. And a lot of the art you see on my channels and whatnot have been things I've done uh, both digitally and in some cases starting it as like a physical drawing before then moving on to like an iPad or even Photoshop. Um, So once again, like, find your strengths and and if you do find yourself in a situation where somebody isn't helping to push your strengths just find someone else who will i you will find somebody out there like sometimes you might have to do work and trust me it's a shame that it's not the person that's kind of handed to you but there's going to be somebody out there like if you have the passion enough for what you're what you want to excel in that one medium you will find the, the aid either, you know, through online means in person. They're out there. Trust me. Um, don't let that passion get taken away. And and like animation, like I, that was like my one goal for the longest time. I wanted to I still want to have a cartoon on Nickelodeon or work on a cartoon on Nickelodeon. Like I would. That's a dream. Hey, that that's a that's something I would love to do. So that flame is still ongoing, but I, I kind of more broadened things after high school just on like what I could possibly do in this world and didn't just narrow it down to one. Uh kudos to those who, who, who stayed narrow on that and stayed focused with it and who are doing it to this day. If you're out there listening, like I applaud you. Congratulations. Like kudos to all of you who have made it but uh, here we have uh, artist unknown uh, there it wasn't a lot of, of background information to talk about with this episode uh, of course we we covered the references to the uh, Michelangelo and Leonardo uh, paintings. I, I, I really dig this episode even even after all these years and even all of the conversations that can come from it with its subject matter and even I mean we didn't even touch upon the whole idea of just like selling art and what constitutes like you know the value of something hey something is only worth what someone else is willing to pay for it that's that is what it is the world renowned that like that's commerce 101 and when it comes to art if you think you have a million dollar painting and you have the the tag sale on it, million dollars, you can say it is, but it's only a million dollar painting when someone is willing to pay a million dollars for it. You can ask whatever you want for your art, but it only is going to be worth that money when someone decides that dollar value at first, and then from then on it could fluctuate they could resell it for less than what they paid for or it could sell for more that's just hey, that's collecting that's the world that's pretty much anything you look around you that's the idea like you bought something from the store if it was five bucks you decide yeah they said it was worth five dollars and you decided yep it's worth five bucks and i paid for it and the same kind of constitutes with art and when no one has purchased something before it can be a little scary to spend money on something but once again if you're ever perusing a, a craft fair or tag sales, you, just, you come across a piece of art that you like, A, if the asking price of it is not unreasonable to you, buy it. At the end of the day, you should just surround yourself around things that make you smile, pieces of art that maybe make you think or have meaning to you. A, Sculptures doesn't have to be paintings. It could be drawings art is just beautiful make art make others smile That's that's all I can really tell you to do Um, Make something that can make somebody else smile out there Uh, even if it's one person Don't ever get discouraged over it. Not being a certain amount Um, You know if you reach 999 people out there don't get discouraged that it's at a thousand you should You should be happy that there's 989 other people who really dig your stuff like every single person out there is important and their their opinion matters and if some even one single person out there digs what you make well then that's awesome. And that is this week of the SquareCast. Uh, if you like what we do over here, what I do over here, uh, please consider liking, subscribing, uh, sharing my content, anything that you do. If it's anything past playing, pressing the uh, play button on whatever service you're listening to this on, then it is much appreciated. I'm on my end. So uh, thank you for listening, and we'll see you here next week. Oh, well, back to the dump. Magic Conj, will I ever get to meet Tom Kenny? Maybe someday. Oh, so you're saying there's a chance. Okay, okay. Should I tell fans of the show how they can support us? Yes. Goofy goobers, supporting the show is shockingly easier than catching a blue jellyfish. Right from our anchor page, anchor.fm slash spongepod, you can find links to all of our social media and a support button if you happen to have a few extra clams. Also follow us on twitch.tv spongebobpodcast where it's not only the official home to our sister show Video Bob Game Pants, it's also where I stream live drawings of various Nickelodeon characters and host the opportunity for commissions and giveaways. Lastly, the official merchandise store is now open at redbubble.com people slash where various designs will be uploaded in Inspired by our show including our official logo which is now available on a multitude of products like t-shirts stickers duvet covers and even a shower curtain this is a podcast by a fan for fans and will always be fan driven any way you see fit on supporting our show is much appreciated thank you and enjoy